श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय कनाईलाल की जय गोर भक्त वृंद की जय गोर प्रेम सो इट्स नाइस टू बी बैक विथ ऑल ऑफ यू हियर एट कृष्ण रोड दिस वर्किंग वॉल्यूम दूलाल Oh, he's he's, he's he's working on it. There you go. Okay. And uh, and we're gathered for the auspicious uh, occasion of the Sunday feast, I guess. Right. Uh, this is a regular Sunday affair, and. <laughs> something been around for a long time still seems to have some power to it um, and on the occasion some devotees have asked to be initiated so we're somewhat bound to comply with such a request <laughs> having been instrumental in creating the problem uh, to begin with <laughs> is said that uh, who, who, who gives the siksha, the instructions, hmm? and by such captures another, hmm? that other then captures the instructor by saying, now you must give me diksha. So, with that in mind, we will proceed and um, I'll speak a little bit about the, um, the glory of, uh, if you will, the, and efficacy of the chanting the name of, of God, the name of Krishna in particular, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra within that in, in particular, and the significance of the, of, in, of the Guru imparting the name hmm, and becoming the Nam Guru, if you will. Um, of the student. And um, with regard to the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. That means we're doing good when you all say that along with me. I, I've heard that. Probably had that ability, so I feel... He must be present here to see you all chanting enthusiastically. Um, the, with regard to the Maha Mantra, uh, it is um, has been recommended in the Shruti, in the Upanishads, that for the Kali Yuga, the um, let's say uh, a time of inauspiciousness, it is most auspicious to chant this maha mantra it is it is sodasakam namnam kalikalmashanashanam that um, the setting is that narada asked brahma that how in the in the kali yuga people will be delivered so he said that by chanting the names of God. And so Nard 
uh, astute as he is, uh, he asked which names, and so this was the reply. Iti sodasakam nam nam. Sodasakam means sixteen. So there's actually three names in the Mahamantra, but they're arranged in in two sections of eight, which makes eight times two, sixteen. The names are, of course, Hare, Rama, and Krishna. Hmm? He said, "Iti sodasakam nam nam kalikalamashanashanam." Sarva Vedeshu Drishyate Hari Krishna Hari Krishna 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 Hari 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 Rama Hari Rama 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 Hari Hari. So uh, the, the mantra is clearly, um, a, if you will, a Shruti mantra. It means from the Upanishads this is the earliest form of of uh, revelation in uh, for human society, Eastern revelation. It may be. Um, it appears it may appear at a, at a, at a uh, similar time in history as the Old Testament. Hmm. Um, but uh, this uh, this Eastern Revelation was, as I've said before, theologized about long before the Western Revelation and the New Testament were theologized about. We also have kind of a New Testament, and that's. What we call Srimad Bhagavatam. It's where the old, uh, the, where the where the laws, if you will, and injunctions of the of the Shruti and other other texts are fulfilled with the doctrine of of love. Um, and uh, central to to that doctrine of love is the singing of the names of God. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took this Shruti. Uh, mantra in a sense. It's really a nam mantra. Uh, it appears in the Shruti um, and uh, advocated that all of the students chant this hmm? um, in particular. And um, the text again it says that these 16 names and, and in Kali Yuga we most auspicious and Sarva Bede Shudishti, all, all the scriptures are pointing to this. By chanting these names this is called Taraka Brahmanam. One will be delivered Taraka. Crossover, one little Taraka. Crossover from down below to up. Hmm. Uh, from the material side to the spiritual side. One will be delivered. It has a, a kind of a, a, a Slavific um, tenor to it. Uh, freedom, saving you from something bad. However, when it comes through person of Sri Chaitanya, who is the very person that the mantra is speaking about in hidden form. Uh, he is Krishna as a devotee of himself. And Krishna Varnam Tisakrishnam Sangopangasta Parsharam Yagnai Sangitana Prahirya Jantihi Sumeda Saha Krishna Varnam. It is said, always from his lips these syllables Krishna were utter uh, emanating. Hmm? And uh, and again, he is the very personification of the mantra. And so, when it comes to us through him, it uh, it it has a somewhat of a different. Um, uh, its efficacy is is farther uh, reaching than that which is spoken about in the Upanishads. As I said, in the Upanishads, it's spoken of as Taraka Brahmanam, at the name by which we'll be delivered from a problem. Hmm? And there are plenty of problems, right? 
we're all experiencing. Because the biggest problem is that, is that unfortunately, um, we cannot keep anything that we have, even our own identity, body, mind, identity, will all disappear in due course. It's a bit problematic. So we live under the threat of apparent uh, extinction. Um, we are on a list of um, endangered species. Um, the sun is burning out. I know it's, it might take a while, but uh, it will happen. <laughs> so uh, this is the big problem. Hmm? And, and uh, it can be solved hmm, by this chanting, Taraka Brahmanam. Hmm? Um, it's not a, too much of a stretch to, to wrap one's head around that in as much as we can look cross-culturally uh, to other religious traditions and we find there is a universal emphasis on the sacredness and the power of the Logos, power of the name. In the beginning there was the Word and the Word was one. So it seems to imply that the Word or the name, if you will, um, same idea, the sound, <coughs> Excuse me, Krishna. The sound, the name is non-different than, than the person. That would be, I would imagine, the perfection of language for that matter, as much as the sound corresponded with the object it seeks to describe. Hmm? That's why nicknames are sometimes more, more popular than the formal names that are given, because they actually, well, they, they, at least they describe. The sound may not entirely correspond but that's going a step further. The actual sound hmm, corresponds with the object. Uh, then you can experience the object that the sound seeks to um, draw attention to and ultimately is not different from. So this is the something about Nam Dharma, if you will, or a religion centered around the, uh, the, the, the practice of singing the names of God uh, a practice, an idea that is not exclusive to our particular tradition, but as I say, it's found in the Christian tradition, it's found in the Islamic tradition that there are sacred names of God. I think they have about 99 names of God that they chant, the Muslims, on, on beads. Hmm? Um, in the Jewish faith, it's said that the name of God should not be uttered hmm, because it's too holy. So the same principle, they think it's uh, sacred. So this is, uh, uh, at least in the, in the religious circles, something we have in common. And uh, it's, uh, it's a practice that arguably could unite different religious traditions, chanting the names of God. And there may be, there's no reason why there has to only be one, necessarily. God is certainly a multifaceted uh, personality, like a valuable jewel that if you look on one side, it will show one facet and another, another, and, and uh, the more you look, the more you see, something like that. Hmm? So, uh, then if you go extend further, of course, to the secular world, there's also some efficacy in, in sound. We've exploited the various... Um, basic uh, elements of fire and uh, water and earth to produce 
extraordinary things. Fire, we have computers because of fire and electricity and, and so on and so forth, to give an example. Sound is another one of those. We have solidity, we have liquidity, we have heat, uh, we have sound. Uh, it's not been perhaps exploited as much, hmm? but there's great power in sound and name. It said, did you get his name? Right? Then you've got him, okay? Uh, nowadays, it's, of course, we all have a a social security number, something like that. And if they get that, then they can take your whole bank account and they can have your whole identity. They can assume your identity. Hmm? Um, so these are just some examples. Um, nowadays, of course, if you take to the streets in mass chanting, get rid of so-and-so, and he'll be gone in due course. Um, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's not a, it would seem very um, insignificant in comparison to some of the arsenals and weaponry and whatnot that we we have, but it, it has uh, power to gather together in mass and chant some slogan, something like that. It is, the Berlin Wall came down because and there's background to it and so forth, but without that. And this is the way, of course, in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very much, um, I said he advocated that his students chant the Hare Krishna mantra. He, he encouraged them to take to the streets and go to the towns and villages and and sing and so forth. Of course, in those days, they didn't have internets and other ways of communicating with people, but um, the point being is he advocated some type of mass uh, congregational uh, prayer, and um, it would be um, centered on the, the, the singing of the name of God, which attached to itself no particular petition, in this case. In other words, the... the, the the, the names of God in this Mahamantra are all in the vocative case. And so it's a it's kind of an outcry like Krishna, Ram, Hare, not asking for anything, just an exclamation. And as a result, hmm, um, this Nam Mantra, as we refer to it, ha- has a, kind of a two-sided effect because of the way it's formed in the vocative case. You see here we're kind of uh, refining an idea that I'm saying is universally applicable and uh, acknowledged by us knowingly or unknowingly. Sound has power. Name has power. The name of God is sacred. Um, you don't have to dress like this to agree with that or to do that or uh, so on. But what we are, in our particular tradition, we've kind of just grabbed onto this at the advice of Sri Chaitanya and we've tried to hone that idea hmm, for the sake of forging unity with others of a like mind and changing the minds perhaps of others who uh, uh, might then come in our direction and embrace the... Uh, the uh, a, a, a theistic outlook and um, and the wisdom of that. So, in honing this, uh, it's central. As I say, I mean, it's there in different traditions, secular and religious. But we are this is our thing, <laughs> so to speak. In particular, the chanting of the names of God. 
So, of course, certain names have been selected then by our founder, Sri Chaitanya. These names, Hare, Krishna, and Rama, and for certain reasons. And it doesn't mean those are the only names, but these are particular names that he's chosen that have particular power. They are names that speak about uh, uh, aspects of divinity that are... um, that are kind of, I want to say, beyond the way we might ordinarily think of divinity or God as a provider, the father figure that that uh, sends us a check, you know, to pay our rent. Uh, and and when, when, when we need him, we call on him, and he's there. Otherwise, um, he's a little out of touch. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So these are names then that, that don't speak about that aspect of divinity as a provider, as a creator, if you will, as a as an annihilator, or uh, the, the roles that God might be uh, play in relation to the world of of things, the world of our senses and our minds, um, inspection and so forth. Um, but names that that and 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 names also not only n- names of God that correspond with an aspect or a facet of God that has little to do with creation, as I say, and making sure that uh, people are fed or helping the poor, which are all good things. But um, but also the way in which he has. Chaitanya Dev has given these names to us. They don't have really anything to do with salvation, which I said in the Shruti Mantra in the Upanishad. It said Taraka Brahmanam, a name for crossing over, for getting free from the sufferings. So we could, for example, ask God to help us with the problems of this world. There are problems, God. Help us out. We need peace. We need to stop end hunger. Hmm. Um, uh, I need a new wife. Uh, you know, we've got all kinds of problems that we you know, think we have. Or, <laughs> or a new husband. Uh, uh, we've got all kinds of problems. And, and so that God could be you know, a problem-solving figure in our life where our life would be center, cent- the center focus, and he would just be the, the, the problem-solver who comes in, as I say, every now and then. So... This is one kind of idea about God. There are names of divinity that refer to that aspect of God. And then there's the bigger idea, like I'm saying, that, well, you know, I could, I've got a problem. Problem is I'm carrying this heavy load on my shoulder. Hmm? So if I could just ah, put it on this shoulder, that's a lot better. Hmm? And then if I think, well, isn't that so? Put it on my head. That's that's feeling pretty good, you know. For you can keep moving the problems around like this, is what I'm saying. But there's a larger overriding problem. Hmm? As I said, we're an endangered species, and um, it takes a little introspection to, to think about the implications of that, hmm? and then to reason as to whether there is a solution to it or not. And of course, the theistic people feel that there is, and so the bigger idea, if you will, then employing God to help us move the burden of our load from one shoulder 
to another, to the head and back to the other shoulder and so forth, to free us from burden altogether hmm? and, um, and free us from the threat of non-existence and, and so forth and attain thereby eternal life. Hmm? So that's a much bigger idea. But the idea, if you will, the conception, nama shrestam api sachiputram atrasvarupam tasyagrajatam purupurim. This is a, uh, one of our great teachers, Das Goswami, has spoken like this about nama shrestam sachiputram. Sri Chaitanya is referred to as sachiputram here, um, the son of Sachi. Hmm? It's a very affectionate name. She had very much affection for him, so he was very capable of being affectionate for to others. And he showed his affection by distributing the name of Krishna in this form of the Hare Krishna mantra, and within that, a particular conception, nama shrestam. Shrestam means like, like the, like the, the best concept, the deepest, the most. Uh, uh, the, the, the fullest conception of the of the uh, efficacy of 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 nam efficacy could be by chanting the name of God we could get rain during the drought for example people in India do this they chant the name of God and uh, Prabhupada my, my guru told a story how when he was young there was a great drought in Calcutta hmm? he was only up like maybe thigh high and he found him see remember he remembers and he found himself in an assembly of men and women adults and they were chanting the the names of god to overcome the drought and get rain he remembered that from his child he used to tell a story sometimes hmm? so again so to to this is a certain conception of the name which corresponds with the god himself and what his role God's role in our life might be again to, to bring rain, hmm? and then after a while, you know, we've got floods. Now, stop the rain, you know. So that's like moving the burden from one shoulder to the other, to the head, and so on and so forth. So, this is one conception. The other conception. Let me end all the problems. Hmm? When I want to move the burden from one shoulder to the other, I kind of like want to stay grounded in this world somehow, even though time tells us we cannot. We still we're attached. We're attached to things because we think our identity is based on things that we have. And if we take them away, what will I be? You could be more. That's a challenge. You could be more. By letting go, you could find that you're more. Then by taking, which is a rather small idea, rather narrow-minded, if not a little, a little mean, and if we are all takers, then that means we're taking and we're hunting and someone and we're hunted at the same time. This is the problem of material existence. So to ignore the problem, so to speak, and just ask for some band-aid, if you will, hmm? that I could beat my neighbor. You know, you see the in the sports, and it's just like the last hour, you know, it's the last play of the game. There they show the scene on the sidelines, and, you know, there's a guy on each side in a white uniform and a black uniform on the other side, and they're both praying. Hmm. (laughs) 
we, we, we had the good fortune of acquiring a property in Costa Rica some years ago. We've developed it into a, into a, 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 a place where we invite all of you to come. Hmm. Uh, it's called Maruan, and uh, it's, a, it's a monastery and retreat center. It's very beautiful in the mountains, in the jungle. And uh, it's a long story how we got it. It had to do with some cows, uh, some cows that were traded, and we ran into the fellow that traded the cows, and he didn't get paid, and he had to put his farm up um, through the Gentlemen's Cow Association, who were all very happy to lend him the money at 30%, and uh, knew that he couldn't ultimately you know, pay that, and then they would acquire the farm and so forth. So we just happened to meet him, and and uh, and he wanted to sell it if he could, you know, get out of that. So I said to him, I, he's a very nice man, kind of a like a shaman, if you will, of the of the, of the area. He knew he knew every bit of piece of the land, and he took us and showed us. And, and I remember we got to one spot on one plateau, and and uh, I I said, Don Mel, you know, I told him, I I don't really, um, I, you know, no quiero su finca, hmm. Pero yo quiero que usted tiene su corazón. Hmm? Está en sus ojos. In your eyes I can see the love you have in the heart for this land. And that cannot be purchased. Hmm? That's what I want. <laughs> I told him. Hmm? He was touched. Then we negotiated the next day. I said, the problem is this. Last night I know you're a religious man. He went to bed praying to God that you'd get a good price. The thing is, see, I'm a religious man too. So I also prayed. <laughs> anyway, we worked something out. <laughs> but uh, this is the ordinary idea. You know, one team wants to win and they pray to God, and of course, you know, the other team wants to win too. And it's always going to be a loser, and always going to be a winner. So to try to involve God in this losing affair, if you will, and try to make it a winning affair, you know, it's a losing venture. You, you, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and as high as it gets, is as low as it gets. That you should know about material life. As high as it gets is as low as it gets. So therefore, we should not ride on the highs and lows of material acquisition and loss, gain and loss. Hmm? Hmm. We should live life with something else. There's some other meaning in mind than than acquisition and 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 the trouble that arises upon losing inevitably as we do that which we acquire. So this idea of God and employing involving God in this is, is not something that God's real interested in. You can imagine it's not like really exciting. You've got a disease and you you know you've got cancer and you want a band aid. Okay. Um, if you want it, so you know that that's how you approach. So, at any rate, this is one idea. The bigger idea, as I say, is to end the problem altogether. Hmm? So, from going to thinking about things and identifying with them, and thinking that by acquiring them, I'll become more, more full, more complete. We think by letting go of things. Hmm? Do I really need things? I could live without certain things, huh? and I could be freer. I could be bigger. It's a bigger idea. It's not as mean. To stop taking is in the direction of being a giver, which is a lot bigger than an exploiter and a taker. 
a hunter who's going to be hunted. If you don't take, then no one's going to hunt you either. Hmm. That's a relief. Hmm. Hmm. So salvation, if you will, is kind of a relief idea, like oh, the end of suffering. I'm no longer being hunted because I'm not hunting. Hmm? So no one's chasing after me either. I have nothing, so no one cares about me <laughs> to take anything from me. Hmm? So we can employ God or the name of God in pursuing such an ideal of salvation. Hmm? And uh, it's a high idea compared to the, the, the lower idea of employing God as a, to help us acquire things when we're not a thing and acquiring them is at the loss of the sense of what we are that is different than things. We are that which gives meaning to things. I mean, we call it a house. We call it a temple. It's only such because we've called it that. Right? We've, as a unit of experiential first-person reality have given meaning to to objective reality that otherwise doesn't have any meaning. It doesn't matter, as I often say. Um, matter doesn't matter unless we matter about it, so to speak. So, so to find ourself in all of this, we have to unclutter ourselves from the things. We could get God's help. The chanting of the name could be efficacious in this regard, and we could be delivered from things. That's really our problem. What is salvation? What is enlightenment? Well, what is bondage? What is ignorance? Ignorance is the attachment to things that don't endure in pursuit of enduring life. Hmm? Makes sense. Hmm? It's, real, it's not real high you know, philosophy or anything like that. Hmm? Uh, we want enduring life and we want happy life, but we're not going to get it in relation to things that don't endure and have no inherent happiness in them. Hmm? They have no capacity to really reciprocate with us. We animate them, we give them meaning. We're only interfacing with ourself. Hmm? You understand? Without knowing it's our own self that we've in invested in the thing and given it purpose and meaning and value to us. Hmm? So you see, value lies in the self, in the subjective realm. Hmm? So to go there, with the, this is the end of the struggle. This is, this is what enlightenment means. Hmm? It's not a real, it's not, I mean, the Buddha was smart, but he said some simple things about enlightenment. He said that, what, that the world is about suffering, whether it's on this shoulder, as I said, or this shoulder, or you move it somewhere else, world is about suffering. There's no getting around that. The world meaning our orientation to, to matter, our attachment to things, it's burdensome. Hmm? The Gita says, From the womb of attachment, suffering comes. The more you like something, the more problematic it is when you can't keep it. Right? And that's inevitable. So this is the whole problem, the burden. Hmm? How confined we are in, in pursuit of freedom when we pursue it by acquisition of things. We become defined by the things and limited by them. 
Hmm? Suddenly we become, I mean, we're only an American because we've identified with America, for example, in a national sense of identity. Hmm? We could be more than that, hmm? right? So <laughs> we've confined ourselves, limited ourselves in the pursuit of freedom in the wrong direction. So enlightenment means, enlightenment means to, to uproot hmm, our attachments, hmm, basically, to, to matter. Hmm? And that works both on a kind of a gross level, bodily attachments and subtle mental uh, attachments. And it's not an easy task. We're pretty much uh, uh, almost like set in stone, our identity based on our attachments. But by powerful association hmm? um, and a, a, a powerful methodology like chanting the names of God, such... Uh, change can come. Hmm? Change can come. Drops of water wither away the stone. Hmm? And this maha mantra is, is more than a drop of water. It's very powerful. Its efficacy is is, is extraordinary. Hmm? And um, and it, in touch with that, people come to the surface. They see something in themselves that is of value, hmm? far exceeds the value of anything. They could acquire, and they want to pursue it further. So they come to a setting like this and, and seek good guidance and so forth. So, salvation—it's a big idea. It's a bigger idea, right? Let me chant for salvation. But I'm saying, the names that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was given in this Maha Mantra, Hare Krishna and Rama, they exceed the idea of salvation. Also, what could be more than salvation? You see. The first idea was, I will involve God in my life every now and then, whenever it's not working the way I think it should work. Then I'll ask his help hmm, to make it work the way I want it to work, which will invariably be at odds with the way somebody else wants it to work. So this is a you know not a great idea and not a very attractive one, not very appealing to God. So how much he's really going to be there and answer a lot of times what happens is, is by the nature of things and coincidence and we could call it karma, what, you get sometimes the things you want and then you think, yeah, God gave it to me. And then if you're religious, when he doesn't, or, you know, they think, well, you know, you just forget about that. And then you remember the few times that he does or you think that he does, but really he may not even be involved very much at all. It's a pretty boring, you know, idea. You want him to side with you against somebody else. <laughs> Basically, and the other guy wants the same thing. So this is hmm. anyway the bigger idea. So this is the one idea, right? You involve God in this way. Now, what's the other idea? Salvation. One idea was to involve God in making me a sovereign. You know, giving me sovereign domain here in this world. Give me a piece of property. Nobody can take it from me. Not the government. Even if I owe them millions of dollars, you know, <laughs> for grazing my cows, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These uh, so <laughs> you want you want his help for this. That's all you really want, hmm? and you're willing to thank him and say grace, and as long as you get a good meal, you go with it, and so forth. So it's not very attractive to him. Now the other idea of salvation—it sounds bigger, and it is. 
because it takes you away from a false identity based on your attachment to things to the fact, the idea that you're, you're a unit of consciousness rather than matter. You're different from matter. You're, you're experiential. Matter is not experiential. It's non-experiential. Hmm? And I say, we give meaning to it, we turn the world on, animate it, and so forth. So I'm interested now in myself. And I'm, that self is not American or Indian or black or white or man or woman, hmm? animal, human, bird. It transcends all these limited ideas, hmm? all these confining ideas that give us just a little room to move. If we were a bird, we get to fly high in the sky. If we were a fish, we get to go deep into the ocean, and so forth. If we're a human, we think we should be able to go to the ocean, we should go to the, to the, go to the, to the, into the space, we should be able to do everything, because what's happening in human life that's different than the other forms of life, less complex forms of life, is that this atma, this self, this unit of consciousness that we are, is coming to the surface. Hmm? That's human time. Hmm? And, and nature starts to realize, I have a soul. Hmm? It's there in all species of life, but in human life, it starts to think about itself. So the human life affords some freedom from the oppression that material life in general constitutes. We are oppressed by the demands of our senses, hmm, by which we become attached to things. We're dragged by our ears in one direction, our eyes in another sometimes. Hmm. We're dragged by our stomach to sit and eat, and we taste with the tongue, and then the stomach says no, but the tongue says take more. And so it's problematic. Hmm? These senses are in the mind are dragging us here, there, and everywhere. Hmm? But we see in human life that this condition, which is universal in the world amongst all species, hmm? something, an entity, is being dragged by and confined by the particular type of senses that they have and the vehicle that they have. Hmm? Some vehicles can fly, like I said, some vehicles just can swim and so forth. What we can do, is, which is different, we can do a little swimming, we can do a little flying, or we can build a flying machine. It'll never be as good as like a, you know, a helicopter's an imitation hummingbird, I guess, you know. That's not quite as good, uh, but, you know, we tried. And it's submarines, you know, in the other direction going into the depths, they still can't compare to the Timingilas or whatever is down there, you know, um, and their ability to navigate the, uh, the course underwater. Um, but, uh, but what we can do that's unique and different and better than everybody else in every other species of life is have these kind of discussions. That's what we can do. We can ask questions of value, why, and meaning, and purpose, and so forth. Hmm? Why? We have some time to do that, which means that the, that the draw of the senses and the mind upon us are less hmm? Hmm? than in the, in the less complex forms of life. Hmm? So the time then should be used for something more, you understand, <laughs> than the less. Hmm? We shouldn't use the human time hmm? just to do the same thing that the animals do. Hmm? We should use it for inquiring about meaning, value, purpose. Hmm? And we should try to get some direction hmm? uh, in this regard. Hmm? 
Um, that's the principle of the teacher, the guru, which is, you know, it's a principle we find in all the traditions, really. Hmm. Um, which is just another student who's just, you know, you look at him one side, he's a, he's a student, I've got a teacher, look at another side, he's a teacher, or she, and so forth. So, and this is, you know, they say, real men don't ask questions. I never could agree with that uh, policy. Um, think if somebody knows I'll ask that's the easy way so uh, <laughs> and if advice is being offered uh, listen with our reason and see if it can capture us and so forth so human life is for this for this type of inquiry hmm? Hmm? now while the one lower religious conception we're talking about only involves God in a very limited way like I said hmm? that that really God doesn't want to be involved very much in that way. God, give me bread. God, give me this. Give me that. The other idea of salvation, it's well, it's bigger, and it talks about the self, what you really are, consciousness, not matter. At the same time, what it is about is the lower conception is about capturing the world and conquering it. The other one is about getting away from it. Yuck. I tried to be a king, and I found that I was just a pauper. No matter how rich I got, no matter how wealthy I got, I felt incomplete. Hmm? So one wants to exploit and acquire the world, at least a good piece of it, hmm? for myself, my kingdom. And the other, the salvationist, wants to get away from the world. Hmm? So God could help you, or not, you know, to acquire a domain, and God could give you freedom from the world also. But the idea of what I want is to get free from the problems, the attachments. Hmm? It's an interesting idea. It has some value. But it's not that attractive to God either, because what does it mean? I want to, I, one wants to enjoy the world. One wants to give up the world. Hmm? So both of these orientations are worldly-centered. They're like two sides of the same coin. And they are no more than what approaches to God than what we do every day. We try to enjoy things and we get tired of them or they disappoint us and we want to never do them again. Then we end up doing them again and then we end up not wanting to do them again. Hmm? So we call it bogatyag, to enjoy and to renounce. I tried to get it, I couldn't get it, and I said, well, it wasn't any good anyway. Or I got it and it turned out not to be that good and so I just want to get rid of it. So this is just the going from one side to the other. Hmm? to try to conquer the world, hmm? to try to leave the world. Let's put another example. Let's say a ch children want things. Give me this, give me that. It's their mantra. Give me, I want, I want. So the parents say, okay, we'll give them this, we'll give them that, you know. That's. Now, if you realize you can't have everything, kids have to realize that at some point. Some of them don't, but they become the problems of the adult world. But uh, <laughs> but they're supposed to understand you can't have everything. The world is just not there for you and your sense of self. That's not what it's there for. You can't have it. So, so, then, so if I, then if I say, well, okay, if I can't have it, then I'm not doing anything. That's it. I'll do nothing then. If it can't be mine, then I want nothing. I'll do nothing. I'm not going to raise a finger. I'll just sit down, do nothing. Hmm? I'm just characterizing these two, two approaches. Hmm? 
Is there God? If there is God who we're praying to for things or for salvation, does God have a life? Do we have any purpose in relation to God and God's purpose? Or is God's purpose only to give us some things and foster our ignorance hmm? or to get us away from things? Okay, you're free from things. Thanks. And now I'm blissful, I'm eternal, um, and where's God in the picture? Hmm? So, in, <laughs> rather than trying to get things or get away from things, we think there is someone whom all things belong to, and he's eternal, <laughs> as a matter of fact, as it turns out. Hmm? Uh, not naturally, because who owns all things controls all things, and so the problem of temporality, which is and time, which teaches us that we don't own things, has no. Uh, it's not a factor hmm, in the life of one who controls everything. Hmm? So who owns everything controls it has to be an enduring entity, hmm? right? So. One idea is to exploit the world, one idea to get away from the world, to enjoy, to renounce. Our idea and the idea given in the Namstrashtam, the, the, the conception of the name given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the name of God and how we should chant it with what kind of orientation, is that not renunciation, not exploitation, but dedication. <coughs> hmm? And not dedication for things, not dedication for salvation, but dedication for its own sake. Hmm? Now, inside of dedication for its own sake, hmm, if we dedicate ourselves to God for God's sake only, hmm, and these names, Hare Krishna Ram, they talk about a life of God beyond the world, if you will. Hmm? Beyond the world, the private life of God. It's like if you knew there was a guy who had an island off the coast here somewhere, and you wonder what goes on there, something like that. These names refer to this kind of private life of God. Hmm? And what kind of people would be there? What kind of... They can't be the people that want things from God. Pe people want just to get away from things. Hmm? They wouldn't, they're not even interested in going there, so why should they be there? Hmm? But those who are interested in what God is about, what makes you tick? Sounds odd, but you know what turns you on. Uh, this is a we, we we tend to think about God in terms of what God will do for us with a limited conception of what we are and what our potential is. What we are is not this body and a collection of things, and what our potential is is to be more than a, a, a unit of consciousness that it ha that is aware hmm, and. It, but we can be actually a, 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 a person and player, if you will, in the play of God. Play of God, that needs some discussion, but I'll be very brief on that. I've said before that if God is all-knowing as he's thought to be, there is a problem with omniscience. The problem with omniscience is boredom. It's very practical. If you know everything, you'll be bored stiff. <laughs> and you have nothing to do, because you know what will happen. And so you're frozen. So the, there is a conception of God, the omniscient, and he's immovable. Hmm? 
But God can solve all problems, even his own. So what to do when you're bored? You play. Hmm? This we call Leela. Leela is a kind of movement. Karma is a kind of movement. In between the two is salvation. Sit quietly. I don't, I'm not suffering anymore. I have no attachment to anything, so I have nothing to do. Hmm? I'm sitting peacefully. I'm not being harassed by my attachments. I'm peaceful, but... Peace is one thing, love is another. We need both, right? Peace and love. So, while one type of movement, karmic movement, is problematic, Leela, because karmic movement is movement thinking I'm incomplete, so therefore I need things. Hmm? Leela is a kind of movement out of fullness. I'm so complete hmm, that I want to celebrate the fullness. So God playing. This is Krishna. You've seen the picture of Krishna. This is what it means. He has no weapons in the, in the Braj Leela, in the, in the pastoral Leela. He has nothing to do. His parents are very, you know, how would you say, they um, spoil it. They spoiled him. Right? So he has no responsibilities, practically. Uh, just playing, and of course, who's all only playing is all-powerful, because you need power to be able to play. You need money in the bank to take a vacation. Hmm? So he's only playing. He has nothing to accomplish. Hmm? And who he's playing with, this is some... Some, some souls who have interest in what God's about rather than using God for my interest in my sense of what I, what I am when I'm not that thing. I'm not an American or man or woman. Hmm? Or interest in, in, in myself as an Atma without consideration of its potential. In other words, we're a unit of consciousness, but we have a potential hmm? as a unit of consciousness to be an apprehender, to experience, uh, to have qualitative experiences. Qualia. We need an environment for that. Hmm? Now we have a personality based on the mind-body complex, which is our inter- interface with the world. Hmm? We experience experiences in the mind um, of green and blue and pain and happiness and so on and so forth. So if we can interface with the Godhead, hmm? bhakti, devotion, as we understand, is a spiritual interface for the world of God, and so the uh, a spiritual personality can potential is, is there in potential in every soul to be realized in conjunction with an environment. You can only have a personality if you have an environment. Hmm? So if my my preoccupation is just to get away from the material environment, I ask God's help for salvation. I've gotten away from the material environment, but I'm not in an environment that will afford me the opportunity to be a person in the full sense of the term and to love in the full sense of the term, which requires another, significant other to interact with. Hmm? I was looking to get away from everybody. Hmm? Or I thought it was all part of the problem. Hmm? So I'm alone in eternity, sitting there, alone, peaceful. Hmm? Is there anything else to do around here? No. So, you know, it's not a, so <laughs> it, is, it is knowledge. Hmm? to uproot ignorance of, ignorance of attachment. Hmm? So the salvation idea is an idea of knowledge in compared to an idea of ignorance where I ask God's help to get me, get me more things. Tie me up tighter, in other words. Please help out. No. So ignorance to knowledge is a big step, but from knowledge to love. Hmm? 
This is where we want to go. And this is where this Hare Krishna mantra coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu takes us, because it is Paraka Nama, not Taraka. Taraka means the name for deliverance, for salvation. It could be used for that. It could be used for getting things, too, because the name is not different than the named. So the name is not different than God. So you could employ the name of God to get things. You could employ the name of God to get away from things. Or you could employ the name of God to get God. Hmm? Hmm? To enter into a relationship with God. And what possibility lies there in the play of God is extraordinary. Hmm? This is what he's about. So it must be a pretty nice <laughs> environment there. And of course, it's depicted in literature, in art, in song, in poetry, and so forth. It gives some idea. Hmm? Basically, the idea of land of no, where nothing's impossible. Although there are parameters. It's the daydream of God. There are some parameters to what constitutes the world. Within that, so much freedom. Hmm? To interface with, with the God and with others. Hmm? As well. So, nice idea. This is Namsreshtam. Means the among, uh, within the name, the name will be of God will be chanted with different conceptions in mind. This is the conception given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? That by chanting the name, we will get the prem. Prem means love of God. Hmm? So, what I've been talking about is three different orientations to God, and we have three types or three expressions of this name of God in the form of the Maha Mantra we call Nam Aparad, Nam Abhas, and Shudhanam. Hmm? Nam Aparad is that type of chanting where there's not a lot of understanding. Hmm? And one may chant the name, for example, and get things, get a better material life. Hmm? Um, it's called Nam Aparad because it, it's not very inviting to God. Let's put it like that. It's kind of off-putting, in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense, as I've already been explaining. So we're not initiating the students into that conception of chanting, namaparad. So who's getting initiated? You are. Who else? Raise your hand. Okay, way in the back. There you go. Okay. We're not getting that kind of name, that kind of conception. I'm not growing that kind of conception in my chanting. I'm not culturing that. Hmm? So you should not culture that. Hmm? You should understand the why of that. Hmm? Nam Abhas. Nam Abhas. Abhas means a shadow of the name. By a shadow, see the efficacy of this name. By the shadow only of the name, you can get salvation, mukti and sit quietly and end all your problems hmm? and have no one else to bother you but have no one to love either hmm? it's kind of a, just a I don't know what do you call it but <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a destination some people uh, desire it's spiritual but it's arguably not the full face of spirituality so we're not interested in that namabhas, namaparad, but shudhanam Shudhanam. And Shudhanam should be given by someone who is Shudha. Nadanam, Nachanam, Nasundarim, Kavitam, Baha. Mahaprabhu said, I don't want this, I don't want that, I don't want this, I don't want that, and therefore I know I'm not this and I'm not that. Because what I want, materially speaking, is what I am. If I don't want anything, 
You say, if I don't want this, I don't want that, hmm, then I'm not this, not that in my thinking. Hmm? You understand? Hmm? This person, such person, who arrives at this position by the chanting, hmm, who doesn't want this, doesn't want that, doesn't want anything, hmm, wants something. What do they want? They only want this dedication. Mama Janmani Janmanishwari Bhavatat Bhakti Rohit Kitohi. Chaitanya Dev prayed, I only want bhakti. Bhakti. I don't even care for mukti, for salvation. Even if I stay in this world, I don't want any things, and I don't need to get away from it. Hmm? I only want devotion for its own sake. Imagine how satisfying it is. Hmm? That you could say, I don't care about things. Well, there's so many things you could have. Okay, you don't want that. But you don't want salvation, liberation. No, it doesn't, it's not an issue for me. Hmm? Means the nature of bhakti is such that it it is enduring. Liberation is included in that. It's it's an attachment to something that endures. Hmm? So death is already solved. The problem of death is already solved. What is the problem of death? The problem of death is I've got an identity based on things that I can't take with me, so it's a problem. Hmm? The things are being taken away, my body's being taken away, so it's a problem. If you're not attached, there's no problem. You solve the death problem. Now, that's one thing to think about it theoretically. It's another thing to arrive there at that stage. This is what we're cultivating, this kind of practice. You come to this point, death problem solved. Hmm? The great speaker of the Bhagavatam, Sukadev, he spoke to the king. There's a beautiful contrast in this. Do you mind if I go on a bit? I'm taking a little bit of time here, but it's very interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> The king embodies and personifies worldliness, right? The king, the emperor, Pariksha. And the, and the sage, who's, and, 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 you know, the king is an accomplished person, mature and so forth, to hold that position. The sage who enlightened him was Sukadev. He was a boy, only 16 years old, like Ansley here, you know, about that age. Hmm? Imagine, I'm going to speak to the king. And enlighten him, and and he was naked. Hmm? When he walked into the assembly, everybody could understand. The wise people could understand. Oh, he ha- he has no attachment whatsoever. Hmm? He has nothing. Hmm? He doesn't even know that he's not dressed. Where is he living? Hmm? What will he say? <laughs> hmm? And he spoke about Leela, about Krishna Leela. Hmm? Hmm. He spoke about how Krishna played the flute hmm, and the milkmaidens all ran to him. Hmm? A thousand eight reasons why they shouldn't go, but they went anyway. Hmm? <laughs> they went anyway. They didn't care. The world had no, no, no draw for them whatsoever. They were drawn to him. Hmm? No one knew anybody else would go. Hmm? They thought, I'm being called, I'll go. And then they found others. They said, oh, you came too. And you, and you. Hmm? This is sadhusanga. You see. We go, we follow the flute sound. They went. Hmm? They met Krishna. Hmm? They, they, they solved the death problem. This is where the book culminates. The book is about what to do at the time of death. Hmm? The answer is given in the Ras Panchajaya, this section of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Full answer. 
they solved the death problem altogether. Hmm? Hmm? They had no attachments. And the boy had no attachments, naked speaking. Attachment to bhakti he had. He had attachment to the bhakti of those milkmaidens. Hmm? That's what he was interested in. Hmm? A very extraordinary idea. So, hmm. we get the name Nam Shrestam. This conception of the name from the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu have risen to a certain point in their own culture and practice that they can impart Shudhanam. Hmm? Hmm? And that's what we should cultivate. Not Namaparat, not Namabhas. Hmm? So we're being initiated into the school of Shudhanam. Hmm? Now, in our school of Shudhanam, we have this Nam initiation. We have another initiation called Mantra, Mantra Diksha. Hmm? Some people say that Nam requires no Diksha. Hmm? No Diksha, Na Cha, Satpikar, Na Cha, Purushartaha. Hmm? This is often misunderstood, so I want to clear this up for those who may have a misconception about this. Hmm? This verse says that Nam, the efficacy in order to be effective, hmm, is not dependent upon Diksha. The Nam is not dependent upon Diksha. Some people take this to mean, therefore, I don't need Diksha of Nam. No, that's not what it's saying. Diksha means the, like the imparting of the name, for example. Like when the students come forward, I will whisper the name, the Mahamantra, into their ear, into their right ear. My heart into your ear, and it's not supposed to circle around there, it's supposed to go down into your heart and then bring about a change. Hmm? Right? So, this statement from, from the sacred text, it doesn't say, Nam is independent of Diksha, and therefore, you don't need to get the name from a guru. No. How can you get the name from anywhere but from a sadhu or guru? If you think, I'm chanting, I don't need to get this name from a guru, Where'd you get it? <laughs> Where did you get it? Did you make it up? Or obviously someone is circulating the name that's coming and you've got it. Now you should recognize that. I got this from somebody. Who are those people? Hmm? Even if you feel it has an effect, where's the gratitude? Hmm? Someone is distributing this. And it's so rich and valuable. Hmm? So anyone who's really getting anything from that, we run to where is it coming from? Where is the source? And I bow to that. Thank you for this gift. And, and, and how can I take it? And I see you know more about it. How can I take advantage of it? Hmm? This is should be the natural result. But to think and misunderstand this statement, the name chanting is independent of diksha. Hmm? And the need for any purificatory activities, Purusharta, Satpika, and all this. Hmm? And in the name of that, think, I don't need a guru. Hmm? Then we become involved only in Namaparad, which says, one should not disregard the teacher, the giver of the name, should not be disregarded. Hmm? Indeed. First the giver, and then the gift. Hmm? 
right? So the giver will give get precedence, give, be given precedence even over the gift. Hmm? And someone who understands the gift properly, someone who has decency, <laughs> I want to say, hmm? just the basic gratitude is like the beginning of, of the idea of, of love, it will say thank you. Hmm? No, I don't need that guy. Or I don't need her. You know, I'm just chanting. Says here, the, the, the name is independent of Diksha. So this is, you don't want to go into that space. This is a mis, mis, very much a misunderstanding. What it means is rather that 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 we should trace out the source. Hmm? Should show regard. We should learn from that source how to chant, and that the name is so efficacious, being given in this way, being blessed to chant by the guru. Hmm? that you don't need diksha. That's what it means. Diksha here refers to mantra diksha. To give them, it's, it, arguably, this is, a, this is not, not a dismissal of diksha, but a glorification of the power of the name properly received. Do you understand? That you could attain, all that could be attained from the name Without the diksha, which means the second, the other initiation that we do. Hmm? Now we don't recommend that, hmm? because the guru will also offer that, hmm? and that should assist us in chanting the name. Because inside of the mantra, what makes it efficacious, meaningful, and value is the fact that the name is there. Govinda is there. Gopal, hmm? Govinda, uh, Govindaya. Um, Gopijana Balavaya, Krishnaya. Now you may know these are the, the Krishnaya name is there, but it's in a different case. It's not in the vocative case. It's in the dative case. Hmm? There's a difference. It's a particular petition. This mantra diksha is meant to help us take advantage of Krishna Nam. Hmm? Help to clear obstacles, free us from a hazy conception. Give us the proper conception uh, of our ideal and so forth that will be attained by chanting the name. Hmm? So we don't think, well, name, we could be successful without it, therefore I'll avoid it. But we would like to get all the help that we can get. Hmm? But it is stated, Krishna Kaviraj makes the statement, what does he say? He says, he says Krishna mantra hoite haube sangsar mochan. Krishna nam hoite pobe Krishna racharan. So it speaks about the efficacy of mantra hmm, in relation to nam. That means the name in the vocative case and the name in the dative case. It says that the name in the dative case given in the diksha mantra can take us sangsar mochan, can give us Vaishnava. Uh, liberation. And the name takes us to the feet of Krishna. So, Pujapada Maharaj, you may be familiar with something, gave a nice diagram example. Two circles. One circle, big, one circle, smaller. Hmm? The big circle is Nam. That's the initiation you get now. Nam. That's the big circle. Why is it big? Because it goes down, extends to anybody. Very generous. Hmm? Seeks no qualification. Just a little faith. Got to have faith to do anything, so faith in the name. It goes to the lowest person without any qualification, 
and it takes us to the highest position to enter into the world of Krishna. Hmm? The mantra, on the other hand, is the smaller circle inside of that. And when our chanting of the name brings us to a certain point hmm, of qualification, then we can get the Diksha mantra. Then the Diksha mantra will help us in the chanting, but it's a smaller circle. So Sangsar Mochan. When we reach a certain stage in Bhava, that is Sangsar Mochan, hmm, in Bhakti, then it's no longer required. Its efficacy has been reached. Hmm? Hmm. Now you now your bhakti is fully informed. Hmm? Your sambandha is complete, so the abhideya, the, pra- the practice, is 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 fully informed, and you can attain the fruit, praying very very readily. Hmm? So. So now, now you have Nam Guru, very important. Hmm? Prabhupada initiated some of his disciples in Harinam, but then he left the world. Hmm? And so they didn't get a chance to get the mantra diksha from, from him. So when they, then some, some of their God brothers became as gurus, so they were giving out the diksha. So they approached Sridhar said, how will we understand this? Who is more important? Hmm? He said, he explained like, Nam Guru is more important for reasons I've, I've given. There could be a difference between, usually they're the same, but for different reasons there could be a difference in the Nam Guru and the Diksha Guru. Hmm? Because Nam is more important. Hmm? Nam is what makes the mantra what it is. If you put Shiva's name instead, it would go, go somewhere else. Hmm? So this is a Nam Dharma. Hmm? It's all about Nam. Of course, ultimately, we'll think if we have a situation like the one I just described where there's more than one guru in someone's life, which one is the most important? The one who helps us the most is the spiritual answer. That's very simple. So it could be either. But from a technical point of view, hmm, this Nam guru is all important. And the guru to give the Nam is important. The followers of Advaita, they tell a nice story in their... Um, Hagiographies of, of Advaita. And um, I'll conclude with this. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a child, refused to nurse from his mother, Sachi, hmm? at a certain point. That's pretty dramatic. And he said, Because you're not initiated, hmm? I won't take any milk from you. So Advaita came in and he. he I think he came and assessed the situation. He said, I think your son won't take because you're not initiated. So she became initiated in chanting Krishna Nam from Advaita Acharya. Then Mahaprabhu would drink, suckle the milk from her breast. So we should receive the name from a qualified guru. This is, a, this is, a, this is essential. Hmm? And then we'll have in place all we need and more will be provided as well to help us. Hmm? Even multiple gurus, as that possibility is there. As I've said before, if you have one guru, then you can have many gurus. If you have no guru in the name of wanting to have many, you will have none. Hmm? So, so with that, um, something about the conception and the name that we are imparting today uh, let me call forward, come, the students, for receiving the name, and, okay, okay.
Okay. Now, a couple of um, small things here. Okay. If you're going to perform what's called achman, it's going to be done. Well, I'll just tell it to you. I think that'll be better. You're going to take this and you're going to go like this. Each of you, you're going to take this spoon. And one, two, three. Then you're going to say Om. Say Om. Keshavaya. Namaha. Then tip. Like that. And then you're going to go like that. Then you're going to go three times. Om. Narayanaya. Is it? Namaha. Keshavaya, Madhavaya, Govindaya. Yeah, that's later when you're just cleaning your hands. Which one is it? Keshavaya, Madhavaya, yeah. See? I'm still a student. <laughs> Om, Madhavaya, Namaha. Like that. So you just got to do that. I'll help you go through that. So you take this with your left hand, pour it in the right hand. You, you, know, you, you pour it into the right hand okay. with your left hand. Three drops. One, two, three. Om, Om. Keshavaya, Namaha. Sip. Now rinse it off. All right, again. Three times. Three times. One, two, three. Om. Narayanaya, Namaha. Okay. Right. One more time. Three times. One, two, three. Om Keshavaya, Namaha. Okay. Rinse off. Pass to your friend. Okay. Oh, there's more? You can do it at the same time. You two live together. (laughs) Take three, three drops. One, two, three. Om. Om. Keshavaya. Namaha. Sip. Rinse it off with one. Okay. Now three times again. One, two, Three. Om, Om. Narayanaya Namaha. Okay. Okay. Three times. One, two, three. Om, Om. Madhavaya Namaha. Yeah. Rinse off. Finished. Now, according to the lecture, we didn't need to do that because there's no purse charge required, but but we did. It's another lecture, but... So, now, that's just a simple kind of purification invoking different names of God. Hmm? Now, I'm going to give you each um, some tilak, Pundra, 
this is very auspicious. Okay. Okay. Come. You're laughing at me, not you. Om Keshavaya Namaha. Very good. Okay. So you have the tea lock. Now come again. I'm going to give you the. This is the. Um, what do they call this? They call it the um, tapa. Tapa. So it's an austerity. It's Krishna's name on your forehead. You're a marked person now. <laughs> Very good. Very good reaction. Okay. So Pundra, uh, Tapa. Um, let's see here. Okay, you. Pundra, Tapa, Nam, Yagya. What's the other one? Mantra, Pundra, Tapa. Um, I think we got, we got them all. So, right. So I'm going to give you a spiritual name, right? And I'm going to give you these neck beads, okay? Identify you as a devotee of Krishna. These are made out of the sacred, sacred tulsi, sometimes now called the sacred basil. Don't eat it. <laughs> Offer it to Krishna <laughs> first, right? Okay. There you go. And if you want, you can. Yeah, it looks good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. So now you tell me how many rounds you chant. You chant every day. You start like this with this big bead here. Not this one, this one, with the middle finger and the thumb. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare, then to the next one, all the way around. That we call one one round. And then you go the other way back, that's two and three. And you need to do a certain number every day that you feel that you can do every day comfortably without fail and pay attention. How many? Okay. And then as you get more taste and it can increase. Okay? So, come on, I'll give you your right ear. Yeah? Okay. Okay, your name is Aradhana Devi. Aradhana. <laughs> Aradhana is a name for Radha. Hmm? It means it means Radhana Devi means the the, the goddess who is most uh, who worships most. That's Radha. She worships Krishna the best. So you're a servant of her. Okay, Radha and Krishna. Okay, very good. Yeah. Next. Okay. Okay, so we give you the same. Dimak Om Keshavaya Namaha. Okay. Krishna. Krishna. Good. Okay, so how many rounds will you chant? Two. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay, let's just start. Okay. <laughs> the teaching is to chant always, so we got a ways to go. We don't count, really. We, we If you count, it doesn't count. You have to chant, not count. In other words, you don't think, how many have I got left? And, uh, don't do that. Just, just chant. Just chant and listen to the name, and your life will change. Okay, come. Lila Madhurya. Lila Madhurya. That's one of Krishna's qualities, Lila Madhurya, that he has Lilas that are very sweet and charming. So you should enter into those, right? Okay. Supposed to look like a tulsi leaf on this end here, just in case you wondered. What, they do come in different shapes slightly. Okay. Very good. Very good. You look excellent. Okay, neck beads. One, two, three. These protect you. When people see you, they say, well, aren't you a devotee of Krishna? And you say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And I got a guru, and I'm supposed to act like this. <laughs> oh, come on. This is the most difficult part of the initiation. <laughs> you chant? No, give me a number, though. Without that. No, no less than that, right? Yeah. That's a good, not good number. Okay, so come.